Hello and welcome to Tower Hill Church. I'm Karen G, and this is our weekly sermon recap. Whenever or wherever you're listening, we hope this podcast helps you grow in your faith. And feel free to share it with others so that they can enjoy it too. Pastor David Burke is our guest today, and he's talking to us about how to hear God's whispers more clearly in the busyness of life. So let's listen into his message right now. Wow, what a great church. You get to hear Stevie Wonder and a 15-year-old pray. Can we say amen to that? It's awesome. Can we stand for the gospel this morning? Stand to hear God's word, God's love letter to you. Hear the word of God for you. Came the festival of dedication from John's Gospel 10 to Jerusalem. It was wintertime, the Bible says, in the temple courts walking, and Jesus was walking in Solomon's colonnade. The Jews who were there gathered around him saying, how long will you keep us in suspense if you are the Messiah? Tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you did not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me, and you you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life. I shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is, is greater than all, and no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one, the Bible says so. And this is the word of God. Can we say thanks be to God? You may be seated. It's a privilege to be here. The last time I was here was uh, 2018. I think I preached three times out there on the patio. My name is David Burke, and I was born and raised in Baltimore, Maryland. I uh, am doing so many things I can't keep track of. I'm the pastor of a rural church in Cecil County, Maryland. I'm a college uh, professor in the Biden School of Public Policy and the Lerner College of Economics and Business at the University of Delaware, and I'm also a hospital chaplain. But it's good to be here today with you. Will you pray with me as we hear God's word because God still speaks? Let's pray. Create in me, create in us a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within us. Cast me not away from your presence. Speak to us, O God, because you still speak. Speak to us today by the power of the Holy Spirit. Speak to us today. Help us to slow down. Help us to hear your voice. Help us to be still. And know that you are God. For in Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people say, amen. Lately, as I've been teaching and vacationing, I live in Ocean Grove, New Jersey in the summer. I keep hearing my grandmother's voice and my mom's voice, and some of them are crazy. Hey, stop running around the house like a chicken with your head cut off. Anybody ever heard that? You're old if you're raising your hand. What do you live in a barn? Shut the door. I'm thinking, we live in the city. There's no barns near here. But my mom did some brutal things to me, and I brought some pictures. And I want to show you the first picture I brought. This stuff is nasty. Anybody ever been on the reception end of this? 
Let's pray for healing right now. Anybody ever given mercurochrome, like you applied it? Anybody ever do that? You need to repent because you need Jesus. This stuff was invented by Satan. It is the nastiest, stickiest, weirdest, orangest, amberest, fluorescent stuff. And then I would skin my knee and my mom would pour a bottle of hydrogen peroxide. And it, you remember that? You are old, man, look. And it would kind of foam and bubble and then she'd start blowing on it. I'm like, oh, that's changing a lot, yeah. Blow on my knee, change my life, baby, here we go. I read an article this week because I'm a college professor and I'm like a data junkie and I have too many degrees and I found out like that to give hydrogen peroxide actually kills the cells. Well, that was great. But my favorite one before we go to the, don't go to the next one yet, my favorite one, but I had a lot of fevers as a kid and I had high convulsions and somebody told my mom, if you just put onions on his feet, the fever will go down. <laughs> what am I, a sub or a hoagie? What's going on here? I cannot believe, and I read an article this morning in my quiet time, uh, that will make your feet stink. I'm like, of course it makes your feet stink. They're already stinking and you're applying onions. But my favorite trauma is the next picture. <laughs> when I was about 10, I got a hole in my pants. Now, you, I see you guys where my students come in, oh, Burke, how you doing, Dr. Burke, it's too early, and they have holes in their jeans. But when I got a hole in my jeans, it was traumatic. Because my mother, you know, she ironed on a patch. I think she was supposed to take the leg and turn it inside out and iron it on the inside. But no, we're going to iron it on the outside. Anybody like this? Anybody remember this? You need counseling. Okay. These kind of traumatic events are difficult in our lives. We live in a difficult world, but it doesn't have to be that complicated because I can order a book on a Saturday and it comes to me on a Sunday. I got good news. Jesus is bigger than cancer and Jesus is bigger than COVID and Jesus is bigger because Jesus is bigger. Can we say amen to that? God is bigger and God still speaks and God wants to speak to you today by the power of the Holy Spirit upon his word today. In God's word today, it's John 10. They're celebrating Hanukkah, the Bible says. And they're in Jerusalem, and it's wintertime. Jesus was strolling in the temple past these geographical archaeology wonders. Right across Solomon's colonnade, the Bible says. The Jews are like, hey, who are you? You change water into wine. You're healing people. You're speaking in parables. We don't get it. When are you going to just tell us, hey, you're the Messiah? Messiah is an awesome word. It means the anointed one of God. Just tell us straight out, they say. It's the story of Hanukkah. It's the festival of lights right here in John's gospel. It tells the origin of the feast of dedication as recorded in Maccabees. This Maccabean victory, this revolt, this miraculous event that occurred during the rededication of the temple that the Bible depicts. God caused the eternal flame. You are the light of the world. Stop hiding. Be a Christian. Stop hiding. Live for God. Stop being an undercover secret agent. No time for covert stuff. It's time to get real. Time to be bold, be strong, be courageous. It's time to say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it's the power of God 
unto salvation. It's time to wake up. It's time to get real. Jesus is teaching in parables and they're confused and they're inquiring and they don't know the truth. I have some truth from the 10-year-old. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. I have four degrees. My father used to say to me, are you ever going to work? Are you ever going to work? You're a professional student. Jesus loves you. And Jesus says in the gospel here, and he says to you at Tower Hill Church today, I I told you, but you don't believe. Everything I've done, Jesus says, is authorized by my Father. This is very Trinitarian. I'll never forget, uh, I was a student uh, at my my cemetery, my seminary, I get those words mixed up, cemetery, seminary. (laughs) My seminary training was at Duke Divinity School at Duke University, because I'm like a hyper-academic snob or something. But I was a Maryland Terps fan, and that was hard. Hard to be a Terps fan on Tobacco Road in North Carolina. We live in a world that's hard, but it's not complicated. I ordered a book on a Saturday, and it came to me on Sunday. It's not that complicated. I work in higher education, and everybody has the paralysis of analysis with PhDs and lots of stuff. Let's just keep it simple. Let's just keep it real. God loves you. God loves you. This miracle of the festival of lights, God wants to do that in your life this morning. I've told you, Jesus says, but you don't believe. How's your faith this morning? You probably believe or you probably wouldn't be here. How's your faith this morning? Do you believe? Well, let's live it. Talk is like NBA talk cheap, up and down the court. Let's live it. Let's be, let people see Christ in you the hope of glory. Let addicted people come to God. Can we say amen to that? Let the depressed discover God's love. Let the religious, as usual, come to know the Lord. I told you, but you didn't believe. Yes, actions are louder than words. Jesus is really in their face. Everybody thinks that Jesus is this nice guy who lives in the suburbs with a garage door clicker. They think he's this nice guy. He's all inclusive and everybody's not. Jesus said, hey, let the dead bury the dead. You come and follow me now. Oh, I got to go home. No, now. Oh, I got to sell. No, sell all you have. Give to the poor. Follow me. Follow me. I told you, Jesus said, but you don't believe. You don't believe, Jesus said, because you're not my sheep. He's like, he's like, branding these Pharisees and Sadducees and these, these religious leaders of the day with the cool outfits and phylacteries and their foreheads and their shoulders, and they were all together on the outside but crumbling from within. And that's how we are sometimes with our image. We're so consumed with being cool. We're so consumed in our culture with being cool. I know to my students, they're like, hey, Dr. Burke, uh, you're not cool. I'm not trying to be cool. I'm seeking the holiness of God. I tell them that in my class. I'm not trying to be cool. None of, none of us are cool. Some of you in this room are cool. But I don't see a whole lot of coolness in this book, but I see a lot of holiness. Can we say amen to that, huh? I see a lot of holiness. Oh, I'm, I'm cool, man. I get my 15 minutes on American Idol. I'm cool. I get my reality show. I'm cool. I'm cool. Christianity is based on faith. 
to protect you from the evil one, to protect you from Satan who not only invented Mercurochrome, he came to rob and steal and destroy, to protect you based on faith. I have three points because I'm preaching in a Presbyterian church. Can we say amen to that? I'm like a Methodist guy. We would set up a committee and study this for four years. Online people got that. But it's really quite simple. It's not hard. It's a simple prescription or recipe. My sheep know God's voice. God knows us. And we follow Jesus. That's kind of it. We could break it down. My sheep know God's voice. God knows us. We follow. Movie trailer. In a world of multiple options. That's it. You could do this in the movie trailer. In a world of multiple options. One voice. God's voice. God knows us. Will you follow? Coming soon to, okay, you got it. It's really that simple. Hear the voice of God, know God, and follow. And I have good news. God protects us from the destroyer. For greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. For I'm convinced that nothing, 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 nothing can separate me from the love of God. For you were created in the image of a living God. Hallelujah. As a hospital chaplain, I remind people as they're about to have their last breath in my hand and advance to heaven with hundreds of people this past year, let alone as a hospital chaplain in COVID, reading Psalm 23 over their lives. I remind them the good news that God knit them in their mother's womb. God knit you in your mother's womb, Psalm 139. You were wonderfully and fearfully made in the image of a loving God. You were created by God in the image of God who created you to worship. Created you to worship, to be a worshiper. Glory to God. But our sin, our ooey-gooey, sticky, stupid, dysfunctional family stuff separates us from a God who longs to love you, longs to invade your life, longs to speak to you because God still speaks. God still speaks. The sheep hear my voice. I know when your mother called your name, and I'm the only child, so I was okay. There's only one name. How academic can you get? But some of you have siblings, and multiple siblings, let alone twins, let alone, and your parents start calling your names, right? And they get your name wrong, and they even have the dog in the equation. You know what I'm talking about? The good news is, God knows your name. Hallelujah. God created you. God created you. Longs to save you. Longs to redeem you. Longs to sustain you. God loves you. My sheep hear my voice. Then the Bible says, I know them. Okay, here's the deal. Every single one of us in this room have been in Wawa, have been in Home Depot, have been in Walgreens, have been at Jersey Shore Medical Center, have been at the shore, and somebody walks up to you, and they start talking to you, and you have no stinking clue who they are. Can we say amen to that? And they even know your, they even call you by name. The whole time I'm like, oh God, please, oh God, please, oh God, please. I, won't, I will never eat a Cinnabon again because I know that was invented by Satan too. I know though. Oh God, when I go to Chick-fil-A, I'll only get one sandwich. Amen. I won't go to the drive-thru on Chick-fil-A on Sunday and start, no, I won't do that, God. 
You'll get that later. And I'm like, God, write their head, write their name above their head. <laughs> Give them a little sticky, put on there, hi, my name is. Anybody, come on, you know. Then they say your name. I'm in Wawa. And they say your name. Hey, David, good morning. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> and he says to me, before teaching at Delaware one day, and by the way, it's Newark, Delaware, not Nork, New Jersey. <laughs> Newark has two syllables. I'm flying out Nork. He says, hey, David, good morning. I'm like, hey, good morning. Faking it to make it. He says, good morning. He goes, ah, today is the day, and I'm going to do it, and I'm going to go for it. I'm like, ooh, extra hazelnut. Go for it, dude. He said, I'm going to do it. I'm thinking, great, you're going to come to Jesus right next to the coffee dispenser. Let's go. You're going to share your faith, and people in Wawa will be changed for all eternity. He goes, I'm going to come in on Tuesday, and I'm going to buy I'm going to buy the forklift from you. I'm thinking forklift, Costco, water pallets, beep, boop, boop, beep, 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 forklift. I go, cool. Which forklift do you want? He goes, the one we looked at last week. I'm like, oh, sure, I like that one. You want a certain color? How about purple? I don't even know what I'm talking about. And finally, I go like this. I go, dude, who are you? He goes, aren't you the forklift guy? Do I look like a forklift guy? I'm wearing polyester pants. I don't have a Carhartt jacket, and I have no camo. Even though I serve a church in a rural area. I go, sir, who are you? He goes, oh, I thought you were the forklift guy. And the whole time I'm thinking as I'm talking to him, I get in the car and I go, that was weird. God knows him, and God knows his name, and God knows my name, and when I'm totally clueless, and when to phone a friend, by a vow, whatever I need to do, I know that God knows his name. God knows your name. The Bible says God knows the numbers of your hairs on your head. For easy, it's 85 for me. It's not... It's not calculus. Pretty simplistic. I'm so glad that God knows my name, David, which means beloved in Hebrew. I'm so glad I know the Lord. God knows our hearts. God knows us. Do we know God? And lastly, Jesus says, follow me. Let the dead bury the dead. You come and follow me now. You sell all you have, you give to the poor now. The last will be first, the first will be least. Jesus' favorite expression for himself, the son of man from the book of Daniel. Who are you, Jesus? Who are you to me? Follow me, Jesus says. What Jesus is saying here is that I want to provide you with the very best and protect you from the very worst, even as your parents did in their humble way. God wants to provide for you because God still speaks. And God speaks to us in his word. And God speaks to us in worship. And God speaks to us in prayer. And God still speaks. 
God speaks through your whole life. God still speaks. God's speaking to you. Are you hanging out with God? The problem is you're too busy. My Philadelphia comment would be this. You're too stinking busy. You're too busy. Get your priorities straight. My grandmother taught me one thing. There's no pockets in shrouds. I didn't even know what a shroud was. That's when you die, the pockets. No one takes it with you. Billy Graham has a better way of saying it. You ever see a hearse with a U-Haul connected to it? Oh, I know what, I know what my priority is. I gotta get a storage bin because we got more stuff. And I got more junk and more stuff and more stuff. Guess what? We did that and they robbed our storage bin. Satan comes to rob and steal and destroy. And Jesus came that you might have life and have everlasting life. In closing, don't you like when preachers say in closing? <laughs> One time we were in church and the preacher said, in closing, can I share something with you? My daughter went, nope. <laughs> it's my birthday. You've talked too long and we're going to Ruby Tuesday now. We, we, we change churches often. And um, <laughs> I was a pastor in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. And I um, was Pastor David, which is kind of crazy because I don't call my cosmetologist, you know, cosmetologist Jen. You know what I mean? Hey, Plumber Bill, what's up, you know? You'll get that later. I was a pastor of a rural church, and I'm in a rural church now. The first Sunday I was at the church, I go, is there a difference between stray and, stray, st uh, hay and straw? They're like, Burke, you need the farmer 101. Here we go. So this kid in my youth group, will call him, in my church, we'll call him Lance. His name was Lance. And Lance had, he had, um, he had like a motorcycle, and he kind of like thought he, I would love to say Evil Knievel here, but most of the young people don't know who that is. Evil Knievel was a guy who looked like Liberace, which is another name you don't know either. But he looked like a piano player. He was jumping these little things in Vegas and cars. So Lance is in my church and he goes, hey, Pastor Dave, guess what? I set up an obstacle course in my yard and I'm on my dirt bike and I jump over trash cans and do you want to go in the back with me? We'll go like 60. I go, no. Come on, Pastor Dave, just this one time. No. One time Lance went over and he didn't make the cavern. The bike hit. He was catapulted. Trauma to the brain, medevac, televac to Philadelphia Hospital. I was around the country somewhere on a speaking engagement. I came home. I flew back. And I walked into the room, and there were 35 teenagers from the high school there. They were teary-eyed and weepy and praying, but they really didn't know how to pray. And there's one thing I will do in youth ministry. I would challenge the youth leaders of this church and myself is that we will teach our young people to pray because if we pray as much as we gossip, we have a changed church to the glory of God. And now I'm an ICU chaplain, so I see it every day. I walk into the ICU room as a teenager, 17-year-old, with a teddy bear and ripped cool jeans about to go to heaven. The mom wasn't bombastic. She wasn't gregarious. She wasn't loud. She was quiet. She had him in a WWE half Nelson headlock. She was whispering. She was whispering in his ear. She went shouting. You know, one thing I learned about being in ministry, God's not deaf. 
Preachers love to scream and shout to God. Sometimes we shout unto the God with a voice of triumph, but sometimes I'm like, hey God, I need a parking spot at Walmart right now. Thank you, Jesus. And she was whispering. She was whispering. She was whispering in his ear. I love you, Lance. I'll see you in heaven. Thank you, God, for giving him to me for 17 years. 17 years. She was whispering because God wants to whisper in your ear. God wants to whisper in your ear. Sometimes God wants to shout at you when you're hanging with Dumb and Dumber and doing sinful stuff to stop it and knock it off. But sometimes God wants to whisper to be still. Hebrew word, kwava, Psalm 46, to be still. I've been challenged lately if I could spend as much time in God's word praying as much as I spend on social media. Can we say amen to that? God wants to whisper. God wants to whisper today because God still speaks. God wants to whisper. Psalm 23. So receive it over your life. Reach out your hands, open your heart, open your hands and receive God's word. When I'm in the hospital, I pray it over people's lives and I personalize it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want in the King James. That means in the Hebrew I have everything I need. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though you may have lost a loved one, maybe COVID took a family member away from you. Maybe there's an empty chair at the dinner table. Even though we literally walk through the darkest valley, the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil. Put your name in the verse, for you are with me, O God. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. And I pray this over people's lives by name. You prepare a table before me because you're the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever and ever because God wants to whisper, because God still speaks. And the people of God say amen. Amen. Amen.